Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a complicated man, and a laser boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the best guitarist this side of Norwich, and a man who's going to be setting personal records in roller hockey. Will Everett Human. Will, how are you doing? I don't, I'm feeling very uh, inflated as you've just <laughs> pumped my tyres unnecessarily, considering <laughs> I haven't touched a guitar in probably five years. Definitely not played a gig in like seven years. And I uh, haven't played any hockey in about four months. So, um, highly inaccurate <laughs> stats this morning, this afternoon, whatever time of day it is. You're not meant to go with that. You're meant to, you're meant to just let me pump your tyres and then be happy with it. Nah, sorry, mate. Can't have that. I don't want the backlash when people uh, expose my complete lack of credentials in either of those fields. Fair enough. All right. I feel we haven't got time for a question this week. There's plenty of stuff to get into. So, should we, uh, should we just start the show? Probably should before anyone gets kicked in the stomach. Good point. Hey everybody, it's that time of the week. It is the smooth recap. Toronto men are known for being very giving sexually, and their hockey team is no different, as the Leafs let the Stars finish first, as the Dallas team score on the first shot of every period. Los Angeles police are looking for any information available on local psychopath Josh Manson. Manson was last seen punching a defenceless man mid-air, and is considered extremely dangerous. The suspect is also potentially connected to the Manson family. The Chinese Year of the Rats has already started in earnest, with Brad Marchand chirping Ryan Lindgren, saying he wouldn't have a long career, and the Montreal Canadiens by saying it's easy to pull off skill moves against teams at the bottom. Jamie Benn has made the news this week and is expected to be the topic of some debate in the coming days. The question on everyone's lips, was his attempt to lift the net up and poke check underneath legal? Hopefully we'll get the answer very soon. The Tampa Bay Lightning win 10 straight for the second time this season, and 11 straight for the first time ever. They've done this so they can surprise people when they lose in the first round of the playoffs again. Ryan Miller had a case of the munchies, and luckily a fan had an offer he could not refuse. A game puck for a box of Girl Scout cookies. Absolute win-win if you ask me. I've often said it's a shame that soccer-style chanting doesn't occur in the NHL. Because if it did, the Red Wings fans would be singing Can we play you every week? Can we play you every week? At the Habs fans, as Detroit sweeps Montreal for the first time ever and the Habs have accounted for 25% of all Red Wings wins this season. Eric Carlson has turned to a thumb specialist after breaking his and being ruled out for the remainder of the season. San Jose doctor Jack Horner advised incubating said thumb in a Christmas pie and treating it vigorously with plums and positive reinforcement. Oh, what a good boy am I. It's always good in all walks of life to have open lines of communication. This is in relationships, maybe with friendships, and it's the same in hockey, between referees and players, as referee Dean Morton is caught on a live mic, telling Brendan Gallagher to go fuck himself. 
Tyler Sagan, take a bow, son. Oh my god, what a beauty. They think it's all over and it is now. And that was your smooth recap. I've got to ask about the Brendan Gallagher thing. Are you against refs mouthing off back at players, or do you think it's fine? Oh, mate, like, it's not very professional, is it? Like, you want you want refs to, to not really have any emotion in the game. You don't want them to have any skin in the game sort of thing. And if, you're, if your referee's getting riled up and up to tell a player to go fuck himself, like, you worry <laughs> how, how composed he is when he's meant to be making sort of impartial decisions. It's like, what, what if a judge told a defendant to go fuck himself? <laughs> you didn't do it. it depends what the defendant did that, and if the defendant was Brendan Gallagher I'd be thinking well, maybe the judge has got a point that's the thing <laughs> like the question is what's Brendan Gallagher been saying to this geezer all evening and even in the, the conversation before that so it's not a good look for that ref and he's probably not going to be uh, anywhere near the top of the list for, for the final this year maybe not even make the playoffs inconclusive at this point in time I love it I think I think it's great they should be like who cares Players give refs shit all the time, don't they? All the time. And just, like, questioning calls, all kinds of stuff. You can see them when they're skating off the ice. Like, that was a bullshit call. That was ridiculous. What are you doing? I will say, and to be fair, to play devil's advocate to my own point, I am aware that the officiating in the Habs-Stars game was particularly egregious towards Montreal. So oh, mate, I think like, Brendan Gallagher kind of had a point. If, if we're going to get specific, Brendan Gallagher needs to fucking get over himself. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't like... It wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't historically bad. Yeah, you're not going to hold it up in like the the referees' initiation meetings in September next year as like, oh, this is how you manage a game or whatever. But fucking hell, mate, like deal with it. The funny thing was as well was that you can just you can't catch all of it, but you can catch the ref saying you can go fuck yourself, and then you can hear Brendan Callagher going, "I can go fuck myself. You can go fuck yourself." Like, <laughs> just becomes oh, two kids squabbling. Beautiful, brilliant. No, you. No, you smell. No, you're the one who smells, actually. You know what smells? No, you do. I've always wondered this. Do you know, when you played roller, do you have refs there? Or is it you just kind of govern yourself with Queensbury rules? Yeah, like, it's what pretty, happens? like the league we're in now is really good because it's a proper um, Bipper League, British Inline Puck Hockey Association. So like it's it's pretty well managed and like there's refs that travel for it and stuff like that. So. Oh, okay. But they're not... It's still like a low enough level and mature enough that no one's. Re- if you're getting pissed off at the ref, you're a fucking prick. You know what I mean? The refs are doing you a favour by refing the game, and they are pretty good, to be fair. The the one okay, thing. Okay, so no one's no one's really chirping. No one's really chirping the refs in the uh, in the Pippa league. Then. Nah, nah, not at all. Not at all. The the one thing about the officiating with the roller games I play. Not that this is anything on the refs, but where it's like a a community rink and stuff like that, and it's not. There's not a lot of funding for it. They're very protective of of the rink itself. Say you um, say whistle goes and you're particularly pissed off and you slam your stick on the floor or on the boards or something. That's not about two minutes. Oh, okay. Which is like I kind of I kind of get it as like enforcing damage to the rink more than damage to a place. <laughs> this is it, mate. You can cross check a guy and it's fine, but don't drop your <laughs> stick in case it chips the floor because yeah. you get two minutes. Absolutely. Well, just because like you know the the players have to cover their own dental bills if they lose any teeth. Yeah. Nobody nobody's putting money into getting the floor resurfaced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking beautiful. Fair enough then. There you go. All right then. Who's winning the cup this week? Uh, so I've gone, I've gone off the board a bit again, Dan. It's not, it's not a hockey-related one this week, unfortunately. But I think it's one that's, that's well right. worth our time. 
uh, I don't know this person's name, but they are at Rick Drip on Twitter. And they posted this week about their niece having a birthday party. Not at a bowling alley, Dan. Not at Pizza Hut. Not at the cinema or whatever. They wanted to go to Target. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> so their local Target <laughs> store, I think it was Manager Andrew. I I might be making that up, his first name. But the manager at their local Target, unsurprisingly, you know, supermarkets don't offer birthday party packages. Um, but the manager at their Target <laughs> sorted it out. So all the kids had little uh, Target uniforms. They had a Target cake, which they were able to eat by the customer service area. This little girl was allowed to be behind the checkout and check out all her friends with their little purchases. They did like a little scavenger hunt where they were being employees and finding items around the the shop and putting them back on the shelves. It's just wholesome and beautiful. What more could you want out of life, Dan? Fantastic! It is that is a great thing about kids, isn't it? They can find they can find joy in anything. Exactly, exactly. The simplest things make their make their hearts go boom, ba da boom, ba boom, ba boom, boom. Somebody did once say that they are the future, and I think we should believe them. I don't know. I, th- I think the, the jury's still out on that one. I'm waiting for some, some harder <laughs> evidence. <laughs> Fair enough. Winning the cup for me this week, and maybe a team that should be winning the cup for the next seven or eight years, is the Edmonton Oilers, because they've proven now that they don't need that liability sick note McDavid. They need to trade him to the Sens, and then you get 12.5 million in found cap space, get back the Sens two firsts in this draft, Get picks one and two, which they will because it's the Oilers. And there's a new dynasty headed by Lafreniere, Byfield and Dreisaitl. Boom. Time to print money. Fucking Danny NHL 20 over here. Like... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it's a fair point. What are the chances you're going to get in life to get the first, maybe a chance at the first two picks in the draft overall? In, in a trade, no less. Like, it's... It, yeah. The, it, with with the Sedins having their numbers retired this week, we all know that the gymnastics that Burke had to go through to trade for just the second and third overall pick. Imagine a single trade getting you one and two overall. It'd be... I mean, it'd never happen. Never in a million years, but... Well, but, all right, all right. Let's 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 pause it quickly. Would you, what would you rather have? McDavid or one and two overall? If you'd have asked me that maybe three months ago, I would have picked <laughs> McDavid. But I'm at least now given a little bit of pause for thought. Now that Dreisaitl's shown that he can kind of handle the uh, the load, and is McDavid worth twelve and a half million in usable cap space? And say for example, it works right. Say for example, the others do the trade and it works, and the Sens get picks one and two overall, which now belong to the Oilers. Is McDavid worth twelve and a half million found cap space and Lafreniere and Byfield? I mean, of all the trades that would happen to get McDavid, you would think. That is one that could. I know. I know they would know. Before you start writing in, I get it. It would never happen in a billion years. But if you said you give me McDavid, I give you all the cap space he's got and Lafreniere and Byfield, would you not even be at least a little bit tempted? I, I think the cap space argument is a little bit disingenuous because in three years those players are probably gonna they're probably gonna come on twelve million each with the cap rising and and if they turn out to be as good as. Well, you know, you hope they're going to be commanding 12 million each. I get that it's going to give you a bit of advantage for, for the first three years of of their lifespan. McDavid's a known quantity, though, isn't it? No, it's true. Uh, yeah, I would never do it, but there's got to be GM out, a GM or two out there that would think about it. You'd, you'd want to take, it's, it's very tempting, isn't it? You'd want to take the risk. Because in theory, if you get 
two players that are three quarters of McDavid, along with having Drysdale, well, you're absolutely laughing, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Because then you're getting one and a half returns on your one, so <laughs> it would work out. Plus the cap space for at least three years, you could do something with. At least, and and uh, Lafreniere is a winger, so that's you know one of your problems sorted. Where the Oilers can't get any fucking wingers. There you go. You see. Anyway, <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. I look forward to seeing it. July, uh, d- yeah, yeah. June twenty third or whatever it is. We got a trade. To yeah, when it, when it happens. Uh, who are you relegating this week? I'm. <laughs> I'm going to relegate Tyler to Foley, Dan. Did you? Um, <laughs> did you see the the mockery he made of the game of hockey last night? His. I guess you're referring to his uh, to his shootout attempt. His one man protest of the shootout at large. <laughs> <laughs> for for the uninitiated, Tyler Tafoli, he's coming up, he's got a shootout attempt, a left-handed player, so comes in from the right, sweeps left, he's coming back to the right, he's pivoting, dragging the putt back with him, he wants to open his body up for a nice little shot, he goes to go top shelf, falls backwards, launches the puck, I would argue directly up in the air, and and falls on his ass like he's a, a victim of, of the uh, the goose from the Untitled Goose game. Um, it was it was incredible, <laughs> absolutely just beautiful, uh, poetry in motion, Dan. Poetry in motion. What a way to introduce yourself as a new Vancouver Canuck. <laughs> that's, that's just what you want out of your trade deadline acquisition. <laughs> no, <laughs> no defensive pressure whatsoever, and still can't even stay on his feet. <laughs> yeah, just to fluff it on purpose. Christ. Speaking of, um, did you see that Sean Couturier did the the Kucherov uh, move? No move. Move Deke. No, a, on, he was on a break. The, yeah, the he was move, on a breakaway. Move, no, no move, no move, move deep, move. That's the one, the one that Kucherov made famous. And yeah, he did it on a on a breakaway on Elvis. But everyone was kind of saying, well, he did it. He didn't do it on purpose because he it looked like he was actually trying to deke and just fluffed it, and it somehow went in. It went five hole on Elvis, and yeah, yeah, he's been credited with a good goal, and I'm not sure. Here, here's a conspiracy for you, Dad. What Go if on. first time Kucherov did it, it was yeah, he fucked it up. And then people Ooh. interpreted it as deliberate. So he was like, shit, I better learn how to do it. And he watched all the Pavel Barber videos and learned from Pavel Barber how to do his own move. And then <laughs> then tried it again just to prove, look, look, it's me. That's why he did it twice. Just to cover up from, from any inkling of the first one being an accident. There you go. It's one of those things in life that you pretend you're meant to do. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, do you know what? Thinking about it, I did something. This is going to sound so stupid. I did something this once when I was shopping. And I went to grab a. I went to grab a tin. I'm so intrigued as to your <laughs> your shopping equivalent of the my shopping no, no move, move move no move deke. <laughs> I went to grab a tin off the shelf. I grabbed the tin and knocked two tins next to it, and they both fell. And this, as I was grabbing the tin to pick it up, I swung my basket, and it looked like. I'd grabbed the tin, knocked the two tins off on purpose, and then swung my basket behind my back on purpose to catch the tins. And my my, my ex's mother-in-law was with me at the time. She was like, oh my God, have you just seen that? And I just walked off like it wasn't even a thing, like a boss. And I just got on the corner and thought, oh, that was lucky. Like nearly soup all over the floor. <laughs> Fuck. I just completely fluked it. Now I've got to buy three tins of Napolina chopped tomatoes. <laughs> Exactly. I don't even like this stuff. What am I buying it for? <laughs> but I've got to. 80p a tin. Fuck. <laughs> Make it look like I've did it on purpose. Fair play. Fair play. That, that does sound pretty, uh, pretty, pretty Jackie Chan. 
my relegation, unfortunately, and I was only kind of joking last week when I said this, uh, in that I was going to relegate the San Jose Sharks every week, but <laughs> now Eric Carlson's out for the season with a broken thumb. And what else could I pick? I'll be honest, if if something happens again next week and just something ter- like they're going to, you know, like the shark head catches fire or something as, it com- as it's coming down from the rafters, they're going to get relegated again. That just seems to be the, the kind of season they're having at the moment. At, at some point, we just have to put up a plaque for for the sharks this season. Just like, yeah, all right, by default, <laughs> they're relegated every year. That's it. Here lies, here lies the 2019-20 San Jose Sharks. <laughs> I'm actually watching the Sharks as we speak, as we record this podcast. I'm watching the Sharks ah. this game from, from Monday night. Every single player on that team is just trying too hard. You know what I mean? It's so obvious that they're, they're trying to score on every shift. They're trying to win the game on every shift because the whole thing's fucked. It's beautiful. I love it. Make sure you catch the uh, make sure you catch the Brendan Dillon interview after the Panthers game, which was incredibly heartfelt, and he was nearly in tears when there was talk of him being traded. And he was then obviously he then was traded to the Caps for a uh, a 2022nd and a 2021 conditional third. But man, what is it about San Jose that gets players this kind of bought in? Fucking boohoo! I'm getting traded to a cup contender from from a bottom feeder. <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what like what it is though. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe Doug Willis is like the anti-Melnick or something. Maybe, I don't know, Brendan Dillon two years ago says, oh, God, Doug, I need some time off because I need a new kidney. And Doug Wilson just rips his shirt off and he's take mine. It's fine. Take one of mine. He, he just opens a cupboard and he's like, it's fine. I got I got Eugene's stash in the, uh, in the Mike Hoffman trade a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. That San Jose, there's some kind of weird, it's like a cult over there. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's very strange. And you know what? The only way they're going to improve this year, the only way they're going to improve this team is by getting some decent rookies on the team. Just get a ton of picks now and, I don't know, try and find some gems in the draft. Trade out Thornton. I don't know. Anybody who's UFA, just say to the league, like, we're open for business. Just, you know, make us some offers because this season's a fucking bust, obviously. Try and get yourself some some Kevin LeBanks to uh, to exploit years to come. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Even a player like Kevin LeBanks, who's RFA, yeah, just just trade him as well. He'll probably come back to you, because like oh, <laughs> he wants. No. Oh no, he couldn't. Oh, he couldn't as, RFA, could he? As, even if he was UFA, if Kevin LeBanc goes back to San Jose after being traded away, that's proper proper Stockholm syndrome shit. Do you know what? I wish he was. I wish he was UFA actually, because that'd be so much better. Because he would go back there. I'm telling you, dude, it's a cult. It's Mate. the cult of the sharks. There's something weird in the water over there. Kevin, let me be straight with you. We need another favour. <laughs> how about, how about... Kevin, look, Kevin, I'm being honest. Okay, right, we, we did you dirty last year. We thought we'd have a good team. I just, and I'm sorry. I just need another week, so this... I just need another week. No, no, it's to that. I was going to say, so this year, this time, we're going to pay you no stupid million dollar a year. That's ridiculous. How does eight years buy 1.5 sound? <laughs> I mean, come on. Kill the bank and be like, "Oh, it's so good! Thank you so much." I love, I love the idea of of Doug Wilson is Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems, and Kevin the Bank is <laughs> is his uh, loan shark. <laughs> That's a great, com- That's just, a great comparison. We just haven't got the cap space, Kevin. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh dear! Oh my fucking that, that <laughs> film! That was a great film. Oh my All god! Right. Yeah, yeah. That's we haven't got time. We haven't got time for that. How many starters and scratches you got? I've got three starters and one scratch, but I can be my, my starters are relatively straightforward. All right, I've got a starter, 
three scratches and I don't know what. So I'll I'll let you go first. Do you want to lead off with you don't know what so we can decide which uh, which category to put it in? All right, go on then. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. So I could decide if this is a start or a scratch or not, but it fucking sure was something. So <laughs> Mel Gibson taking in a sense oh, game with Christ. the organ harvester himself, Eugene Melnick. Uh, yeah, what is that? Is that a starter? Is that a scratch? I, th- I don't know what it is. It- I think it counts as a scratch because that is a terrible way to announce uh, a Forrest Gump reboot. <laughs> terrible Forrest way to Gump announce reboot. it. <laughs> in what in what world is that is that a starter, Dan? A fucking known mental anti semite sitting at a smoke again with Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. And, I assume you team Melnick some sort of racist. You know you could do that joke the other way as well. In what way is it a starter to have that absolute old mental psychopath, crazy organ harvester sat there with Eugene Melnick? <laughs> <laughs> Oh mate, here we go. Here we I'll go. tell you what way it's a starter. Is it's it's a starter because I it's so bizarre and unbelievable that I just thought I kind of like this. It's so insane and stupid. And what the fuck is Mel Gibson doing at a Sense game? What? What? Apparently he's filming his new film in in the area. Yeah, he is. I don't I don't know much about Ottawa or Kanata geographically. Scenically, no. uh, nor do I know much about location scouting for major Hollywood films. But what the fuck is going on? <laughs> what sort of a, what the hell sort of a film is Mel Gibson filming in Ottawa? Fuck you know. Maybe he's got nine kids. What Mel Gibson? He's got nine. Yes, he's got nine kids. I mean that. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe you. <laughs> Do you know what? Right. I could have said anything then, couldn't I? And you would have believed me. Just know he's got forty-five <laughs> kids. Yeah, probably. Did you know he's got a pet rhinoceros? Yeah, right. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Did you know he employs a geezer to literally be crucified like Jesus Christ was in his living room? <laughs> I do want to sh- give a shout out to Pete Blackburn, who is excellent Twitter. He's excellent Twitter content. He had the best tweet about it. I'm, I'm loving which where was, this is going. <laughs> which was, of all the things Mel Gibson has done to damage his reputation, I think this might be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fabulous. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. Anyway, all right, so you uh, you drop me off with that. You get me two starters then. Off you go. I'm, I'm going to start with uh, Rick Bonus. He's top of my lineup sheet. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but I'm really coming around on Rick Bonus. He's he's getting he's getting the results. But more importantly, Dan, he's he's got a bit of banter. He's a bit of a funny geezer, it would appear, from his uh, press conference quotes this week. So he was, he was first asked about the trade deadline, and I... I think it was Sean Shapiro of The Athletic. Shout out Sean Shapiro, absolute legend. Asking something along the lines of, oh, do you, do you ever get nervous around the trade deadline? And uh, Bonus's response was, no, I, I never get nervous. They can't trade me. Why would I be nervous? It was just, oh, go on, son. <laughs> go on, son. And then uh, there was another one where there was a group of journalism students at a Stars game the other day from, from one of the universities in Texas. And uh, before the press conference, he said to these students, you're about to watch a man talk for a very long time and say absolutely nothing. And just that sort of awareness. Very good. Of, oh, mate, fucking hats off to your bonus. The second one I'm going to start is another Twitter account. The Kit Crimes. Do you follow Kit Crimes on Twitter, Dan? As a footy fan yourself? No, I've not seen this. Kit Crimes is really good. It's literally just at K-I-T-K-R-I-M-E-S. It just highlights football kit crimes. So, you know, if it's like bad clashes or just badly designed kits or ugly kits or whatever it might be 
Oh, okay, I thought it might have been a full kit. Is it a full also a full kit wanker type thing as well? No, 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 no. It's more, it's more about the okay, professional okay. game, and it's not, it's not just shaming bad kits. It's, it's quite informative. Of so, like it was Leipzig Spurs last night, yeah, and they highlighted the fact that half of the Leipzig kits got lost in in transit while they were coming over from Germany. So okay. a few of the Leipzig players were playing in still proper Leipzig shirts. But the sponsors were printed in black and white rather than full colour. No way. Just interesting little tidbits like that. Proper. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Proper football like nerd shit. Proper football nerd shit. But not only is it a fantastic Twitter account for that, but just out of the blue, posted a nice little block list of Pretty Patel, uh, Piers Morgan, The Sun newspaper, all that shit. And it's just when you when you get the the quality Twitter account lining up with quality politics, take a bow, son. Power to you. Hats off and all that shit. Just quickly to come back to the Dallas Stars, you made a point to me that I didn't realise is that since the Stars went one seven and one to start the season, they have the best record in the NHL. Yeah, they do. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. And no one's talking. I have not heard a single person mention the Stars as contenders for the cup. And Jesus, if, which is crazy. If you want, if you want a Blues comparison for this year, fucking hell, you can't get much better than that, can you? One win not in your first person. eight matches, dude. They have, they could be trouble. Your Stars could be trouble in the playoffs, mate. I'm I'm kind of getting. To the point where I, not that I believe because you you can't believe anything with this game, but no, you can never believe no. until your t- until your captain's literally picking up the cup. You can't believe no, absolutely not. But I'm sort of at the point where it's like right, they're not playing that interesting hockey, but they're winning games, and that's that's what you need. Like it's that sort of reek of I, I can see it now. I might not believe, but I can see it. I can imagine it. So we'll see. It's the classic of championship teams can play badly or boring and still win. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, Sagan scored, what, he scored his first goal in about 17 games or something? So if Tyler Sagan actually starts scoring goals, then you'll be even better. Oh, so. Christ alive. Did you see his overtime goal the other day? Mate. Just Jesus. Beautiful. And it's funny with things like that, where you you can really see, you can really see with that goal, he ain't trying that if he hadn't scored the day before. If he was still on yeah, his yeah. on his um on his goal drought, you're not having the ball back to do that, are you? No, not at all. Not at all. It's beautiful. Good stuff. So my other start my only other starter then, as we couldn't decide if the Road Warrior meeting the uh the Senzona was anything worth starting or not. <laughs> I think that's revisionist start... history. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm gonna start at Matthias Tedenby of HC Davos, who was in a shootout against the HC Ambri oh, Piotta in the National shit, League. Yeah. There is a, sh- it's a heavy shootout week this week. There's a shootout to finish the game, and the former first-round NHL draft pick, or Mr. Tedenby, as he's formerly known, brings the puck in, in one motion, bends down, flicks the puck to himself, and bats it in out of midair. I get it, it's a shootout, there's no one around him, but even having the balls to do this in a shootout is ridiculous. That, that's the thing, like, shoot, crazy shootout attempts still deserve props because while you might not have the pressure of, like, a, a back checker or anything like that, it's still an, a, an extremely important time to be dicking about, isn't it? It's a different pressure because at that moment, every single person is watching you. There's no one else. Mm. You're the only You're the only guy with the puck on the ice. So you are the complete... Fo- it's like guys who try and do the... Um, you know the Paneka chip in penalties in 40 where they just try and dink it. Just about to it's say the same exactly as that. that. 
Yeah, when it doesn't work, you are an absolute twat. Well, it, just when it a doesn't twat work, Dan, of the highest order. You you end up on your ass in the rain in whichever European <laughs> city it was. It's 2012. You've yeah. done Terry. You've just lost the Champions League final. You look like a fucking cunt. <laughs> exactly. And to do something so cocky in a shootout, if it goes wrong, I mean, God, he's going to get just destroyed, any but it's just perfect. Absolutely unbelievable. Power to him. Didn't make a terrier of himself, so yeah, good on you. There we go. How many scratches did you say you had again? Because I've got three. Uh, a big fat one when it comes to scratches. So I can hit you with my last starter. It's pretty It's pretty straightforward. It's a It's a credit yep. where credit's due. He gets a lot of stick. But old Kenny Campbell's getting a start for his, oh, okay. for his incredible player safety takes this week. Just getting out there, saying it's messed up, it's wrong. George Paros is smoking the shisha. Too much shisha. <laughs> he's not getting any fresh air. He's been in there for days and he needs to sort it out. We'll get on to player safety a bit later. Will I've we? Got a, uh... is, there, is there something to talk about? Yeah. Maybe something, yeah. Maybe a little bit of something. We'll find out. Mentioning mentioning shootouts. <sighs> you can't start and scratch a shootout, can you? I can scratch it. Well, I'm not scratching a shootout. I'm scratching the NHL after reviewing Artemi Panarin's shootout goal. <laughs> describing him not moving backwards at any point, when in actual fact, he clearly went backwards twice. They can't even do reviews properly. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> he cle- and then on the overhead shot, it clearly shows him moving the puck away from the net, and they still let it stand. The fuck is wrong with this? Oh my God. It's insane. They can't do anything right. It's, it's a silly rule to start with, really, because if you can have like a... The whole point of the shootout is to create highlight real goals really isn't it yeah so why why have any limitations on the creativity that a player can could exhibit in that sort of arena if, if you have the rules enforce the rules but you probably shouldn't have the rules anyway for me it should be you get you get like 20 seconds to have a shot or something at that point you can do whatever you want you can fucking flip it up in the air to yourself go behind the goal move it backwards forwards back you know, whatever you want to do you've got 20 seconds that way you can do whatever you want but, you know, then there's like a buzzer or something that goes, I don't know. But to say he didn't go backwards when he clearly went backwards and there's a video of him going backwards is, I don't know, fucking whatever. Nah. It was a bad week for the NHL for me. I just kept scratching my head at them and getting annoyed. I, I want a um a recreation of footy penalties. Yeah. Yeah. So the puck's central to the goal. That sets in line with the face-off dots, yeah, in the middle of the slot. Yeah. Player can have as much of a, a run-up to it as he likes. And then do whatever he wants once he has the puck. Can't go backwards, let's say. Or like you can't go backwards from where you pick the puck up. So you either have people like skating right up and taking an absolute bomb of a shot. Or you've got an instant to do a really quick deke. There you go. That's what I thought you were going to go with. I thought you were going to go with you just got to go up and twat it as hard as you can to see if it goes goes in or not. That's it. That'd be the recommended uh, strategy. That'd be the best one. And my next scratch is I'm going to scratch the NHL again. Hey. It's a two-for-one it's a two for one special. Yep. The NHL gets another scratch as Zidane Chara gets fined $5,000 for cross-checking Brendan Gallagher in the throat. And then Claude Julien gets fined $10,000 for saying some words about refs not being that good. Brilliant. Just just brilliant. So, so Dan, the daddy boy. Yes. Yes. Yes, William. As, as a... I'd, I'd say died in the wall. Died in the wall Bruins fan. Which of those is more agree? What are you taking umpage with specifically there? As I've said before, my my Bruins fandom has been 
unbelievably tempered somewhat by doing this show. Because I now look at, I have to look at the bigger picture as a sports journalist. And I just don't understand how a player is only fined $5,000 for thrusting his stick into another, into another player's throat, where a coach gets fined twice as much for just saying some bad words about some referees. It doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense to me as a Bruins fan to, to want Zidane Ochara to be suspended or to want Zidane Ochara to be fined more. But it's ridiculous that he only got fined half as much for nearly seriously injuring a player. Yeah, and in such a such a blatant way. It's not Yeah, yeah. It's not sort of mid flow of the game. He's just he's just twatted Brendan Gallagher. Yeah, they just in the stood in front of each other and he just blasts him. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible behaviour from the from the twenty five foot Slovakian. A bad tweet for me in the NHL. Uh, what's your scratch? My my scratch is any NHL GM who has traded for a defenseman since the turn of the calendar. <laughs> Just anyone. Okay, why, Any... why is this? Why is this? Because all fucking bad trades. Every last one of them. <laughs> You go, God, you go back to, to this do, in a bit. Do you want to do, do I just to chuck it in there? Do you know the first trade for a defenseman was this uh, in 2020? Was it Andy Green? No, January 2nd, 2020. Oh, Dan. God. Shit, who was that? Well, <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens acquire <laughs> in exchange for a fourth <laughs> round pick. Yeah. Marco Scandella. Mr. Scandella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, if you're involved in a trade for a D-man... In the year of our Lord 2020, get your bag. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that in a bit. My last scratch is, and, and it's only fair, I am going to scratch myself, as I have done before on this show. <laughs> that sounds, doesn't sound quite I, as yeah, uh, I get it. disparaging. I get it? it. Yeah. I, I do complain about people in hockey media not taking an L, so I'll be the bigger man here and say that, Will, you were right and I was wrong. Leon Dreisaitl is fucking fantastic. That's what that's what we like to see. That's what we like to hear. Yep. He's a good guy. He's great. He's absolutely amazing. He's been absolutely amazing. It is, I don't know what he's, on, what he's on pace for, but people just keep putting up stats about things he's doing, and there's still tw- like 21, 22 games left. And he's just he's been amazing. He's been absolutely amazing. And see, there you go, hockey people. It isn't that hard to say I was wrong. There you go. Get him, get him straight in the Hall of Fame this December. Just chuck him in. Definitely. Chuck draws Ireland straight away. And I will say as well, just quickly, because I've admitted I was wrong and because I've been the bigger man, Will, that still means I'm a better person than you. So I still win, but that isn't the point. Yeah. Just you know, just so we're clear. I mean, was, I, I don't mind about being a worse person as long as I'm right. That's all that matters. Well, that's fair. well, there you go. We've both won then. So well done us. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's do it. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and sometimes in a quiet summer meadow under the slight breeze that causes the trees to gently sway. And also, if you're feeling cheeky, a five-star review on iTunes would be spiffing. But before we get to the news, we are sponsored by Wave Intel. As the trade deadline races towards us, let Wave Intel with the player versus model show you if your GM is a genius with his pick or if he should be hung, drawn and quartered in the town square. And then see how the trade improves the team with the team versus model. Wave Intel online and on Twitter. Being smart so you don't have to. All right, the news. Let's do the trades first. There's only been about 20 of them. I've we'll got, start with the biggest one. choice ones written up that we might need some have you? extra information for. All right, I'll run, th- I'll run through what I've got then. If there's anything I've missed, 
because there might have been, then uh, you let me know. This was the biggest one to me that was going to, I thought, maybe not cause us to fall out, but maybe cause a bit of a discussion between us. <laughs> Would we ever fall out over, Would we ever? over differences Would we ever? in such inconsequential things within the game market? <laughs> it's such menial matters. No, of course not. Blake Coleman goes to the Tampa Bay Lightning for Nolan Foot and a first round pick. Well, this deal is the perfect example of why Blake Coleman is absolutely worth a first round pick. And at the same time, not at all worth a first round pick. Your thoughts on this trade? It's, it's a bad trade. What are we talking about here? Like, <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> so, how, how would you describe Blake Coleman, Dan, as a, as a player? Where, where, where would he sit on your average depth chart, shall we say? For me, he would sit, obviously, you know, third or fourth line. But yep. put him with the right person. Put him with the right person. I think he could move up to the second. Very good defensively. Very good penalty killer. And here's the thing. For a team that's trying to juggle the cap, he only makes $1.8 million a year, which is a good thing. So he's, I'm not, he's a perfectly good player. Blake Coleman is a good player. He's a good third liner. I would happily have Blake Coleman on my third line rather than another Blake C. Blake Como, say. The <laughs> the problem is, and and yeah, for some teams such as the New Jersey Devils, he would be able to step up into into like a sort of two way second line type role. But it, a Tampa Bay don't need him at all, at all. In, ah, wait, in, in wait, what no. world is Blake Coleman breaking into that? You know, pr- providing extra value by breaking into that top six never in a million fucking years is Blake Coleman going to play in that top six I'll tell you in what way they need him they need him in a situation where I don't know say they get to the playoffs and they're getting absolutely fucked over by a team that nobody expected what, that's what, what and, they need and, him for they need him in those situations make the difference Dude, are you trying to say how that the Blake Coleman would have started already? Here we, oh, mate, I'm fucking, <laughs> here we fucking go. It's good, thing we we, go. it's good thing we don't do this in person because I'd, I'd punch you every single <laughs> fucking week. In, in, in what way? You're saying, you're saying, I want to hear you say this. The, the Lightning don't get swept last year if they have Blake Coleman. I'm not saying the Lightning don't get swept <laughs> last year if they have Blake Coleman. That's not what I'm saying. You fucking right? are. <laughs> But, but, they've now got a label on them in the playoffs, okay? And they have to overcome that this season. They absolutely have to. They cannot in any way go out in the first round of the playoffs this year. So what do they do? They're going to try and get a guy, good defensively, good penalty, better than what they've already got, defense, like for defensive forwards and a penalty killer, who maybe, just maybe, gives them that little bit of something. They've already, who did they go and get in the off-season? Pat Maroon. I get it. We made the jokes last year that, well, he went to St. Louis and won a cup, but he only went to St. Louis because no one else wanted him. And look at the deal he got in Tampa. He got a deal for 900 grand. Okay, yeah, he's not setting the world on fire. But I'm an absolute staunch believer in you need these kinds of guys. Blake Coleman is a guy, I'm going to fucking say it, and I'm so sorry, but I'm also kind of not sorry because that'll wind you up. But Blake Coleman is the kind of guy who'll go to the dirty areas, he'll dig out the puck, he'll put a fucking shift in, and he's a guy you can just count on to be a decent third-line guy. You need those guys. And maybe that was part of the problem last year for Tampa. I don't know. 
But fuck, who can explain getting whitewashed 4-0 after the greatest single season maybe in history? So you're just, you're just trying to ensure against every single possibility now. And they're probably overthinking it. They're probably overthinking it. But I guarantee you, they're going to get into the playoffs this year in that first round. If they go down one game to nil, can you imagine what's going to happen? And I just think they're thinking, we can't even risk any, anything like that. That's why they've done it. The, the problem with me, and yeah, I'm not saying that great teams should only be signing players better than they already have, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with getting depth pieces. The problem with Blake Coleman is like he's the most fucking milk toast, middle of the road. Tell me one thing about Blake Coleman's game. Like he's Pat Maroon, he's physical, etc. Players like uh, Anton Roussel or whatever get under your skin or whoever it might be. Blake Coleman's just like the most middle of the road, 80 rated average find everything sort of player and like that's that to me is not a difference maker if you're if you're elite at treading water that's not that's not worth acquiring it's let alone for that price here's what is all right the price is not the price right is he worth (sighs) giving up listen wait wait is he worth giving up a first round pick for no listen listen is it shut up? Is he worth giving up a first round pick for? I'm not even, no. not even gonna answer that, yeah. Is he worth giving up someone else's first round pick for if they're kind of saying, Well, we want this? Yeah, right, why not? Listen, if I'm written around the back of the couch and I find Vancouver's first round pick line there, then alright, you can have it. I'm not wasting my own. Maybe you've Look, already the, the, you've already got it. You've already got it. You know you know who um who you could have got that would be just as good as, as Blake Coleman. Who wouldn't cost you anywhere near as much? Go on, Dennis fucking Malgin, who was who was traded for an undrafted AHL forward. Oh, he's stunned into silence, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm just going to formulate an opinion of why you're wrong. Um, <laughs> he's just trying, yeah, no, trying I, to remember I, one thing about Blake Coleman, apart from that one goal that he scored, which no, <laughs> nobody knows. Even Blake Coleman's mum couldn't tell you what he does on the ice. You did see, you did see all the all the charts and everything that Micah put up and Jason Paul put up and everything, didn't you? Saying like showing how good he is defensively and how good he is on the penalty kill yeah. on a bad team. Yeah, but those charts so only you're interest put him me on a... when they're supporting my point, Dan. <laughs> now you're going to put him on a good, on a very, very good team. This is it. He is absolutely worth a first. But at the same time, I agree with you completely. He's so not worth a first, <laughs> but he absolutely is. I, I just do you know why? Do you know why I wouldn't take? I wouldn't take Malgin. To me, like that, Malkin already fills a role that Tampa's already got. He's like kind of like short, nippy, good hands, skills, blah blah blah. Yeah, the Lightning have already got plenty of that. They don't need that. They need guys who'll go in there, dirty areas. They need guys with grit and jam. <laughs> grit and jam. Yeah, but Blake Holman's not even particularly gritty or jammy. He's very gritty and jammy. If he's like really good defensively, that shows that he stays in like he no, stays that, in the zone that, and does his work. Good defensively does not automatically equate to grit and jam. Yeah, it does because the fancy players don't want to do defensive work, do they? Yeah, but uh, grit and jam to me speaks of like you know physicality and all that sort of shit. You don't have to be fucking physical and face washing people after the whistle to be good defensively. I, I agree completely. But Blake Coleman is really good defensively. Look, I think I do think that Tampa are just that they're micromanaging this to the nth degree. Do I think they need to? No, absolutely not. But in that room, 
fucking Julian and the Breezy Boys are sat there talking about it, and they're just thinking, fucking hell, like, we have to cover every single eventuality here. We have to make sure every single thing is covered, because what the hell happened last year? What are we going to do? I mean, they, they do... The Lightning right now have a reputation. They have a reputation that they do not want. And that they're just a really good sync. They're just a really good regular season team. They're, they're just really good over eighty-two games. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Great, and that's why it's. I get it, and that's why it's crazy, and that's why he is worth a first, and at the same time, so not worth a first. That that's the mental thing. Like, as I'm sure you agree, as, as an Englishman, oh yeah, they're shit in the cup, but they fucking smash it in the league. Like, what, yeah, what, or they're what, just a. Really, they're, for some reason, they're they're a really good cup team. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like what we're even talking about here. And it, it's it's mad, but... <laughs> no, nobody a few years ago was saying that Blackpool are better than Man City. <laughs> or or, yeah, or so Bradford true, or whatever. So true. That's just what's happened here. Funny. The Lightning are just... They're just panicking. I think they're panicking so much before the, before the playoffs have even started, or even getting close to starting. Definitely. Like, I, I get the idea of... The Lightning are 100% in win now, and like you say, I've got two first-round picks, so yeah, that first is still a, is a diminished value to them. And in a way, you know, if if you could trade the first and Nolan Foot for a cup outright, you'd do it eight, eight days a week. But yeah. I just still think, like, fucking hell, man, it's just a, he's a third-liner. He's a third-liner. Here's the thing as well, though. Whatever player Tampa were going to try and get, that first was going to get used. It was just hanging there, and everybody knew they had it. They must have spoken to every team, and every single team, every single team would have said, "We want that first off you, because you don't even need it." And they they don't need it, and that, that they would have had to have give it up. And I think Coleman as well, like I say, and Coleman's got another year left on his deal, and they're oh, going to be in a yeah, so they're going to be in a cap situation again next year. And he like one point eight million a year for a decent third line, good defensive forward. I, they, I to me, it totally makes sense. Fair enough. The the problem is like Tampa went out, went into the day like I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna spend that first round pick. I'm gonna spend it. They didn't they didn't they came out with the wrong attitude. They wanted they came out as people who just wanted to buy for the sake of buying. And that's how you then end up paying a first round pick for and a great prospect for Blake Coleman. You might be right, but Yeah well. Whatever. You can't you can't wait for that great prospect to come round, can you? Like you can't wait for Nolan Foot to get his feet and blah blah blah. Mate, I reckon Nolan Foot could be Blake Coleman next week, next year. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe he will, maybe he will. But like we said, they wanted they wanted a player who can play in the league right now, and then do a job, and that's what they got. And yeah, it's cost them, but it was going to cost them, wasn't it? It's, it's the fucking deadline. I mean, look at the prices that have been paid for players. It's it's ridiculous. <coughs> Let's let's move up. So, let's right. move on because we like the lightning. Have spent far too much on Blake Coleman already. <laughs> we'll call that one a draw, but nearly for me. All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to the judges because I reckon I might get the decision on that one. <laughs> we'll send it to the judges. See what they say. Tyler Toffoli, him of the slippery shootout attempt, goes to the Vancouver Canucks. That is empty. For Tim Schaller, 20-year-old prospect Tyler Madden, a second-round pick, and a 2022 conditional fourth, which is peak NHL PlayStation trading on GM mode. A haul this for the Kings. Uh, off you go, then. What are your thoughts on this one? Marginally better than the Coleman trade. 
Okay. Marginally, but Tyler Madden's probably a better prospect than Nolan Foot, or at the very least, closer to the NHL. He's absolutely tearing up college hockey this year. Yeah, fucking hell, tearing it. Tim Shallow, whatever. I'd assume that's just to make the salary work. Yeah, that was a salary move. Yeah. So let's call it Tyler Madden destroying college hockey and a second round pick. It's not bad, but considering where Toffoli has been for, let's say, the last three seasons of his career. I feel I, I'm I'm sort of guilty of this myself, but I still see Tyler Foley as that rookie season he had in 2014 when they won the cup, and he was playing with Jeff Carter and Tanner Pearson. He's not that player. Yeah. He's not turned into that player at all. Still a handy player, like not. I'd say he's probably better than Blake Coleman. Maybe splitting hairs on that one though. Still, I still don't really like it, especially for the Canucks. Who is sorry to cut you off, but who especially thought the Canucks were going to make the playoffs this year? Well, nobody, but maybe they're maybe like with Vegas, maybe their timeline changed. You know, the Canucks suddenly are looking because they're in that division as well, they're now within a shot of making the playoffs. And then Bess is going to be out for a while, Furlan's done for the season. I think Josh was it Josh Lavo's also going to be out for ages. Yeah, it's true. So they've got holes to, and all of a sudden they're like, like, hang on a minute, we're in a playoff position here, we kind of. Didn't think we were going to be here, but now we are here. We should try and then get in there and try and go for it. So it it just feels a bit like if the Rangers made this trade, people would would be saying you're fucking mental. But the only difference is the the division they're playing, which I know is a silly thing to say because that does ultimately have a, a an in, you know insane effect on whether you make the playoffs or not. But this is still a team that should be holding on to players like Tyler Madden. I get what you, yeah. I kind of get what you're saying, but then there's that thing, well, how are they going to pay everybody? Because it's great having loads of good young players, but at some point you just you can't you won't be able to afford to keep them all, you know? Then you trade them as, as known quantities. At the moment, Tyler Madden's probably going to be a good a useful NHL player, but you don't know. And you've traded him away at arguably his not his lowest value, but definitely not his highest. I can see why they did it. I can see why they've done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like we were talking about stars earlier and how you can see them go into the cup this year. You can see why it might work out. Do you have that same feeling with the Canucks? You never know. This is a, <laughs> what are we like? You said about the stars. What were we talking about the Blues last year? Just get to the playoffs because yeah. you never know. And if you're if you're in or around, and you think you've got a shot at making it, and you don't you don't have to give up. All right, you're giving up a good prospect in a second for a player who's a, n- a known good player. He's, you know, Toffoli's not a bad player, but he's not elite, but he's a very good player. And if he can gel into that team and get you into the playoffs, then you, you kind of have to go for it, don't you? And it, especially for a market like Vancouver, that's been just in the dog shit for how many fucking years now? Yeah. You know, after having, they had a taste of success. They had a great team. They had President's Trophy winning teams. Daniel and Henrik are just ridiculous, break, you know, scoring those goals, breaking records. And then you just dross then for, what, five, six years? And then and then you get to 20 games left and you're like, oh, hang on, we're second in our division. We've kind of got a shot here. We You, you do have to kind of make... Because you, you at this point now, you, like if the, you know, the Canucks can't start selling or standing pack, can they? And especially when they start getting injuries as well. You kind of owe it to this group now to like, okay, yeah, we are a team that's going to try and go for it. Stay with us kind of thing. Is it a coincidence that this came in the same week that they retired the Sedin's numbers? If they were, if they were maybe second bottom of their division, they wouldn't have done it, would they? They wouldn't have been a, they wouldn't have bothered. But 
depending on where where they are in their division, you kind of have to make a move. I, I just think they've got all all horny on the Sedines, and they're like, yeah, yeah, go on with the shit. Let's trade for Tyler Foley. Fucking whatever. Daniel Henrik are about. Let's fucking do it. Benning's all coked up in his office. <laughs> Let's show these twins we've still got it. <laughs> they might still fancy us. <laughs> that's, a, that's another thing that sounds very different <laughs> in the cold light. That's very true. The other side of this is that the, the Kings were already rated as having the best prospect pool in NHL, and now they've added Tyler Madden as well. It's, it's getting a bit, I don't know, it seems a bit cheating. That's no, just fucking silly. We need a salary cap for prospects. Let's split the prospects up. <laughs> Everyone can have the same number of good prospects. Like we said with the Rangers, you know, there's a there's a way to do a there's a way to do a, a quick rebuild and a quick turnaround. And the Kings have got let me just count up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. In the first three rounds of the next two years, the Kings have got eleven picks. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. is to already add to a prospect pool of Christ, all those of all those players. It's gonna be gonna be good. And they've got um Gabriel Velardi has been uh, been called up today. First rounder from seventeen, I want to say, and he, he missed. Yeah, I want to say that yeah. pretty much all of last season because of back issues. There was a chance that he was probably never going to make the NHL because he was so injured. But it's all coming up. LA, they might even finish I know. fifth in the division next year. <laughs> but they're doing it right, aren't they? They're doing it right. Like you call up, okay, your season's a bust. It's done. Call up some young players now. Yeah, I'm going to play some yeah. game time. You know, and then. If the, you know if if he comes if he pops up with a with a few points, all right, he's ready to go. Great, start him in for next season. Add into guys like you know fucking Samuel Fajemo and Akil Thomas and fucking Jarrett Anderson Dolan and Rasmus yeah, Kapari. Now Tyler Madden. Was it Alex Turcott? Alex Turcott. That's the fella. They're gonna they're gonna be dangerous, but at the same time they're still gonna have the um, the the dried out husk of Dustin Brown playing on that team when all those young players are playing. So. Speaking of the LA Kings, Alec Martinez goes to the Vegas Golden Knights in another one of their fucking weird deals that I can't make any sense of. Oh, you just fucking for a second... skipped like 45 trades? Eh, fair play. Well, I just, it's just the way I wrote them down. It's fucking out. It's just how it came up. Don't worry about it. We'll be coming back to them all. Don't worry. Well, and we're on the Kings, aren't we? So yeah, there you it, go. Does, it makes sense. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Alec Martinez for a second round in 2020 and 2021. As I said, joins the list of weird trades the Knights have made I've been part of. Mate, I'm... I'm fucking buzzing to be back in 2016. I don't know about you. Maybe we can uh, stop <laughs> Brexit, stop Donald Trump getting elected now that we've travelled back yeah, in maybe. time. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying anyone who's traded for a D-man because shit's fucked out there. It's fucking mental out there. I, I don't know what's going on. It's like half past ten on Christmas Eve, yeah, at night, and you've suddenly realised you're out of milk. See, oh, shit, I've, I've, I have to get milk. I've got to get milk. I can't wake up Christmas morning without any fucking milk. But there ain't any milk about, so I've just got to go and buy this fucking four-pointer of red milk from the garage that's going to go out of date in five minutes. And I'm going to have to pay three quid for it. I was going to say, I was going to... Oh, that's, in, that's scary. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's going to cost me three quid. We've, we've all been there. We've all been there, Dad. We've all been there. That's that's what this Alec Martinez trade is. And, and that's the sort, ladies and gentlemen at home, boys and girls, that's the sort of analysis that you only get on Two Brits, One Perk. You're not getting the big rigs at Sportsnet <laughs> comparing the Alec no, Martinez no, no. trade to Red Milk no, at 11 no. o'clock on Christmas Eve. Exactly. That's what we bring. That's what we bring here. We bring 
we bring player grocery comparisons. Hey, there's J- oh Jason, if you're listening, there's your next wave Intel sheet. It's <laughs> player versus grocery comparison. <laughs> <It's> more- <laughs> if if you found this player in the supermarket, what would he be? Yeah, and what time of year is it? Is it Easter? Is it Christmas? Thanksgiving? How desperate are you? Could you go next door and get it? Who knows? It's, it's real. It's real analogies from from the streets, Dan, and that's that's what we're trying to trying to give the people. <laughs> hot takes on this on this trade. I, I, th- I thought that was my hot take. I was going to say if my, if my hyperbole well, yeah, wasn't it's... too extreme, like that, this is bad. But then, what what can you do? No, that's a fair point. They, they probably should have traded for. It's it's a toss up between him and Brendan Dillon for the best player that's been traded, D man wise. Not considering the trade itself. But you think Dillon with a one point six three five cap hit after salary retained versus Martinez at four flat. Like I think Martinez is the better defender, but Dillon's not over two million behind him, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's a bad trade, but they got a decent enough player out of it. But I still don't like it. But Dan, I don't really like anything. So who am I to say? Yeah, go on then. Speaking of Brendan Dillon, I mentioned it before and the price. So you, you're thinking that you are you okay with that one then? At least you know what I love about this Brendan Dillon trade. Not just that he made a grown man cry on national television. <laughs> <laughs> the condition for this third round pick is absolute bellissimo. Like, I want this. Like, like we said about the Morazic trade a few years ago when the Flyers picked him oh, up. Oh, God, yeah. And it was like, if this happens, then we get that pick. If that happens, you get this pick. The conditions on this third round pick are fucking beautiful. From Cap Friendly, verbatim, if the Washington Capitals win the 2020 Stanley Cup, the 2021 third round pick, Washington's, will instead become the 2020 third round pick, formerly owned by Arizona, that Washington previously acquired i love that i love that so much like right we'll give you we've got two thirds we'll give you the shit one but if we win the cup you can have the good one phenomenal phenomenal (laughs) i love that so much all right let's get on andy green goes to the islanders for a 2021 second rounder and david quenville i feel i feel bad because i feel like i don't i couldn't tell you a single thing about andy green no, do you know what do you know what Andy Green is? Andy Green's just solid, and that's yeah, not good that's, enough to make any splashes anywhere. Yeah, that's yeah. I haven't even written any notes for him. I feel like I feel like if Andy Green does have the full church burial after he passes away, it would say on his gravestone something like he played hockey. He <laughs> sure did. He sure did. I think um, he's meant to be really good on the, on the PK. I've seen a lot of stuff about his work on the PK. Which obviously doesn't, you know, that's not a merit for, for any forwards that have previously played for the you know, New Jersey Devils. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like you say, <laughs> solid defensively. Yeah, fine. Whatever. Why not? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you've, you've not got like a 75-year-old GM in charge of the Islanders to, uh, to build for the future. So why not trade all your picks? Yeah, for a 37-year-old defenseman. <laughs> <laughs> in that mental though like Andy, Andy Green is ancient as far as not elite NHL players goes and uh, and he's still basically half the age of his of his boss <laughs> yeah <clears throat> alright let's go on to the next one. Oh yeah yeah there is 
Well, there's a couple. That's still a couple more. Still a couple more to get through. Uh, Dylan DeMelo goes to the Winnipeg Jets for 2023rd. That, that's yeah. fine. That's absolutely fine, to be honest. That's the sort of trade that, yeah, whatever. I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see the Jets do the Martinez deal. Yes, yes. But I think DeMello's fine. you got a solid, genuinely good third-pairing defenseman for a third-round pick. Fine. I feel like I feel like this might have been the only trade where you went, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's, that's spot yeah. on, to be honest. DeMello's, he's not going to blow your socks off or anything, but he's Good. It's not going to be a problem. Third round pick for a third pair of defenseman. Written in the star stand. Let's also not forget as well that this, the let's also not forget as well the Sens are going to be paying players the market value in a few years, which is lucky because they have twelve picks in this year's draft that's, and seven in the first three rounds. That's a lot of players to to pay. That's a good way to get it is. to um it is. spending near the salary cap ceiling. But yeah, because if you're paying twelve players all a certain contract, say a million dollars a year. Because because uh, your owner's in massive debts and is being sued for a billion dollars, yeah, I mean that can that can get to the uh, to the to the floor. Do, do you reckon he? Do you reckon Melnick writes his players as like collateral for all the loans he takes out and stuff like that? <laughs> instead, instead of putting up your house, yeah, you put up Brady Kachuk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we said, you could tell me anything about Eugene, like Mel Gibson. I, I believe you. <laughs> Did you know Eugene does this? Oh uh, yeah, I, I get it. I can believe that. Here's here's a good one. Here's a good one. I like this one a lot. <laughs> if this is what I think it is, you shouldn't like it at all. Oh, it might have one. It might have one. I've just forgotten to write down. Then I like it for different reasons. Marco Scandella gives <laughs> Sabres fans another reason to be mad at Jason Bottrell, as he goes from the Sabres to the Habs for a fourth rounder, then six weeks later goes from the Habs to the Blues for a second rounder. And a twenty twenty unconditional four. And a fourth rounder. <laughs> Fucking yeah. And the pick and the the pick that the Sabres got for Scandella was used on Michael Frolik, who's got two points in fifteen games. So that's great. This is another one with with beautiful conditions. Uh, where oh yeah, Montreal get the fourth if uh, St Louis re-signs Scandella before the seventh of October two thousand and twenty. <laughs> Or if they went to that's a fabulous condition. That's that's a, a fabulous condition. Yeah, like it's cool. I like it. Like it's it's like the Canadians know or the Blues know that Scandella probably won't be in the league next year. Yeah. <laughs> so they can't have none of this. Like, oh, we don't want to sign him to a PTO and then pick him up out of desperation for injuries in like January twenty one. No, let's put a deadline on this. <laughs> we want to know that if Scandella's cooked. But they put oh, they pull a, a, a LeBanc on him like right, Marco, we got a contract, but you can't sign it to the tenth. Is that all right? I promise, I promise it's there. Okay, it's, it's definitely there. Just trust me. Just trust there. me. Definitely, it's, honestly, it's definitely there. You just got to trust me. That's all you got to do. No, you can't look at it. It's there. <laughs> no, you can't look at anything. I don't, I don't know what to think about this one, Dan. I, I think it's it's a case where both sides of my brain are right in that A, Jason Butler is a fucking idiot, and <laughs> and B, the Blues have overpaid for, for a, an abjectly bad defenceman. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. I I don't know. I don't know what to say. I got, I got nothing for this other than it made me chuckle. I always I always laugh when players get flipped so quickly, like Mike Hoffman did. I I always laugh at things like that. 
How how does Terry Pagula not just sack Jason Potter there and then? Five the second no this trade goes through, it's like, Jason. No idea. <laughs> it's the perfect time as well. It's the perfect time. As soon as that goes through and, and the Habs get a second, he's like, right, that's it. I'm fucking, I'm sorry. I've had enough. That's and all the off. fans would have just said, yeah, all right. That, that makes sense now. Yeah, he's been mugged off again. Yeah. The, the geezer is, is an abject numpsy. All right. Have I have I missed any then? Um, that you wanted to talk about. You've missed like fourteen trades, Dan. Go on. But they're all AHL players for AHL players. There you go. You did say to me that you wanted to quickly talk about these I, AHL. I, I did want to talk about it. I did want to talk about it because I think it's very rude to be doing this sort of thing at this time of year. <laughs> You're scrolling. Yeah. You're scrolling through your Twitter feed. You might have like a little RSS set up or whatever. I, I don't know how our good listeners keep track of of the trades in the uh, the the hockey league of national coverage. But you look in, you see, oh, trade! Fucking here we go, here we go, trade. You see, uh, Joseph Blandisi and Jacob Lucini for Villet, Philip Verone and Riley Barber. Was that that Penn's trade? Yeah, and early Penn's and Canadians. Oh, what did you like? No. What are you, what are you, what are you, no. No. What, uh, no, it's, 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 not, it's not what we... It's like you're waiting for a takeaway. Yeah. You're sitting over, you're waiting for a takeaway. Maybe... <laughs> just, for the, just for another, just for another, for Jason, another player versus grocery or food comparison. Let's, let's, take, let's take you down another, another analogy. Uh, rabbit okay. hole. See, you're waiting for a takeaway, right? You're waiting for a takeaway. You've got a day off, Dan. Okay. You've got a you've got a midweek day off. Yeah, it's yeah. a Wednesday. You're thinking, fuck it, let's get a fucking pizza in. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. Let's get a pizza in, whatever. You're ordering the pizza. You're waiting for the pizza. You're checking your phone. The Domino's thing says he's on his way. All right, we're moments away from this pizza. Door goes. Bosh! Here comes the pizza, and it's a British gas geezer. that's like, uh, is this number four? Apple Yard Muse. No, mate, this is not for Apple Yard Muse. Get off of my porch unless you're pulling a pizza out of that fucking utility belt. That's what this is. That's exactly what this is. Do you know what? To bring to bring our brotherly love of hockey back, I could not agree more, mate. It does go. my head in. I see a big word, trade, and I'm like, yes, here we fucking go. My fucking pants start to rise a little bit. I get sweaty palms. <laughs> I undo my top button on my shirt. I'm like, all right, let's sit down. Let's take this in. Who? Who the fuck are these guys? Get off my screen. Mate, <laughs> I'm just so disappointed. If I was getting that excited for a trade, even if it was a proper NHL trade for the things that have been going on recently, if that ends up as Alec Martinez for two seconds, I'll be disappointed. No, I know. Not those kinds of trades. But any kind of trade, I start to get a little bit. And then I'm, I mean, yeah, most of the time, the pants subside quickly. I, I do my top button back up. I put my you know I put my spandex gloves away. It's all normal again. You know it's just all back to being normal and boring. But now and again, just now and again, you get the oil that makes you go, oh yes, oh, here we fantastic. Go. Well, it's, it's like I'm, here we go. I'm certain we've said before, like for hockey and for football, given monkeys about the games, it's about trades and it's about transfers. That's all we're here for. That's all anyone's yep. here for. You want players changing teams. That's what sports all about. It is indeed. It is indeed. Couldn't agree more. No more. If there's a trade and it doesn't involve an NHL player, get it off my Twitter feed. I don't want it. And the teams, the official Penguins account or the official Habs account, shouldn't even be tweeting it out. You should get a letter in the mail for those trades. That's what you should be getting. 
<laughs> it, should be, it should be a knock at the door and it's the postman with a, oh, I've got a letter for uh, Mr. Daniel Masters. All right, thanks. Cheers. What's this? Open a letter. Penguin's trade announcement. And then, you know, you can just put it in the bin. It doesn't matter then. You're fine. You can just throw it away like the rest of the... Uh, like the rest of the flyers and shit you get through the door. It, it comes in that like recycled brown envelope you get from like HMRC or the DVLA or something like that. <laughs> yeah, with the window on the front. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, fuck off with your bad trades. I hate them. In what feels like happened about 45 years ago, fucking Bruce Boudreau was fired from the Minnesota Wild. Oh, Jesus Yes, people. Did, I, did you forget about Right... <laughs> I was going through my right. I was going through the run sheet yesterday, and I th- and I, I literally thought, "Why the fuck have I written Bruce Boudreau down? What's happened?" With Bruce? And I could not, I could not remember. I could not remember what had happened, and I had to go online Who's and type Bruce in Bruce Boudreau. Boudreau. <laughs> I was like, I was racking my brains. I was like, "No, I'll have to check." What a line! Oh, oh God, of course, of course, yes, I remember now. <laughs> It's because it is. Oh, dearie me. It's because he was coached in the wild. Like, it feels like Boudreaux. Not that he should have been sacked, but it feels like he was sacked like two years ago. It's <laughs> not true. If you. Right. If he goes back to the wild in like four years or something, they just hire him back. If you then said to me, how long has Bruce Boudreaux been the coach of the wild? I'd be like, God, it's about, about 10 years yeah, now. Yeah, he's got I'd, like, I'd totally to forget he'd ever even been fired. <laughs> yeah, he's been there forever. Oh dear. He uh, just a, a couple of little stats. He did post 150, 110, 35 record. And did you know, Will, of any coach in history who has coached more than 100 games, he has the second highest winning percentage ever. Isn't that insane? I mean, he's, he's a really good coach, isn't he? He's a really good coach. A really good coach. But this is proof that some I think things it's can't the... be coached. I think it's that thing as well as like, well, the GM's going to fire the coach first before he fires himself. Or... <laughs> The previous fucking seven or eight GMs or whatever it is. But I'm buzzing for the day that a GM comes out and fires himself. Doesn't doesn't quit. He's like, <laughs> we've decided to let me go. <laughs> he has to sit in both chairs, though. He has to sit in one chair and talk to himself and then sit in the other chair and respond to the questions he asked himself. It's like, <laughs> like it's some kind like of routine. If he, like if he just wants severance. He, he just wants his... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just wants his payout. There was a uh, there was an article on the Athletic that I didn't read, but you did well, and you said there was some uh, there was some choice quotes in it. So, so it was a, a sit down, uh, Michael Russo and Bruce, not just Bruce Boudreau, Dan, Bruce and Crystal Boudreau, Bruce's wife, not his uh, not his lover Fantastic. on the side. There you go, just the sort of insight you need. Um, or his cat, uh, <laughs> Crystal, fucking Crystal, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was as interesting as you could hope this sort of thing to be. The the couple of little tidbits were Boudreaux sort of he he kind of knew it was coming, but also didn't expect it to be coming because they were like they were on a massive not massive, but they were on a good tear when he was fired. I want to say they were like fourteen seven and one for their last twenty two games or something like that. They were that rings a bell. They were playing yeah, it was something along those lines, yeah. They weren't playing badly enough to, to have the record to point to as why they why he was sacked. Um so when when Billy Guerin apparently went into his office, shut the door behind him and said Bruce we need to talk, that was straight away like apparently Boudreaux literally said, You're firing me and then uh, exchanged some expletives with Billy Guerin and uh told him to fuck off. Basically, which is <laughs> which 
Cool, I like that. But the interesting one that stood out to me was um, they had some sort of fundraising night. I don't know whether it was a casino night or whatever it might have been, like an auction or something. But they were auctioning off the wild, that is, auctioning off meals with players, members of the staff in in preparation for the summer, for the off-seasons. But yeah, all have dinner with Zach Parisi and his wife, uh, however much you want to fucking put into that. And uh, Boudreaux says that he specifically wasn't asked, or was specifically asked not to put his name forward for that sort of thing. So he okay. knew for months, like, okay, I'm not making it past the summer. A little heartbreaking, heartbreaking tidbit from this interview. He'd apparently been putting off... He, he sort of had a feeling that, right, my time's almost up because we're going in a different direction. My team's fucking shit, whatever it might be. So he'd been putting yeah. off telling his kids... His kids were asking, because he's got grown-up kids, oh, we want to come and visit you, we want to come and, come and see you. He's been saying, no, don't book anything because I don't know what I'm, how long I'm going to be here for. Then one of his daughters said, oh, I want to come up for your thousandth game, which he would have been due to coach in March. So this was the start of February. Oh. And he said, all right, book the flights for, for the thousandth game. It's like four weeks away. We're doing pretty well at the moment. Yeah, book it. It should be fine. And then, yeah, two weeks later, he's... Uh, He's been uh, he's been canned, and apparently they're going to go to Disneyland instead. There you go. Yeah, that is that is terrible. <laughs> I've turned it around. I've got at least a few more weeks before they get rid of me. Yeah, book the flights <laughs> the day after. Ah, oh, shit. Oh fuck. Do you think he'll? Uh, do you think he'll end up somewhere else again soon? Oh, without a doubt. Christ, if you're not trying to hire, you know, it's got to be the Boudreaux or Gallant show this this off season. Yeah. Without a doubt. Go on then, where's Boudreaux going? Let's have a pick. Let's pick a team each now. Let's have a think. Oh, I just don't know. I don't, slightly on that on that note, I think the stars are going to stick with Rick Bonus because to an extent, why wouldn't you? Yeah. He's done fine. Absolutely. So I think the stars are out of it, even though he's still in the interim. Uh, I'm trying to remember who's, who needs to coach. There's so many teams. The Devils. Maybe part of the rebuilding. Yeah, the Devils. Devils might take Boudreaux. Detroit. Detroit. Maybe Detroit, yeah. I think he might end up at a team like that who's sort of on the right path but still not quite there in the sense that I reckon he'll get more security and as I know Bruce Boudreaux so well uh, <laughs> and Stevie Y and Stevie Y and Stevie Y I just reckon he might want something that's you know he might be a bit wary after getting the sack while on a winning streak <laughs> It's <laughs> a, a bit point. more like okay, we understand what's happening here. We'll give you a we'll give you a, a bit of confidence that you're not going to get sacked at, at the drop of a hat. Maybe Calgary if they don't make it. Shit, yeah, I forget about Calgary. San Jose, maybe San Jose. San Jose. <sighs> he doesn't seem like a San Jose coach though, does he? That sounds crazy. I know. Why? I know that sounds crazy, but I just for some reason he just doesn't seem to fit with well, he, with them. He was in. I don't he was know why. in Anaheim before. Minnesota, wasn't he? So, yeah, true, true. I think it'd be interesting. I think I think that'd be my my bet for Pedro. Either either New Jersey, as it stands today, at least New Jersey, Detroit, or San Jose. A very good coach. Can't imagine being out of a job for long, as you say. No, <coughs> definitely not. Just in a pretty good tweet, actually. Before we get back onto it, mm. do you know that the Leafs could finish in the top sixteen overall and miss the playoffs, but could also finish ninth in the East and make the playoffs? Oh my god, <laughs> isn't that insane? I fucking love this league so much. Oh, I love it. It's fucking bonkers. All right, 
All right. Last thing before we uh, before we wrap up, a few highlights from the Department of Player Safety this week. Just well, <laughs> the, the last what a week they've had being the last four things. The last thing being me getting into a fucking rage at God. They're so fucking. I can't even hold it in. They're so fucking useless. They're so fucking useless. What do they do? What do they do? Okay, I'm going to start with Zach Cassian, well, I, right? I, I, I'm going to start with Zach Cassian. I want to hit you with a, a quick question first, if that's all right. Oh, go on, go on, go on. Sorry. Which is just on an overview, overview. Which is the most egregious player safety thing that's happened this week? Zach Cassian. It's not even close. You think so? Yes. At least, How is at least, at least right? he got suspended? This isn't. This is. <laughs> Man thrusts footblade at other man's chest. Well, at least he got suspended. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. <sighs> right. How, how, how is kicking a player with your blade, right? He's not... Are you, are you familiar with the footy phrase of a toe end, Will? You might you might call it something different down there. I don't do, know. Do, but you know when you... you, you know, a toe punt? Yeah, toe punt. We, some, we sometimes used to call it a toe bung as well. You, you essentially just kick the ball with your toe. Not like you don't kick it like you're supposed to. You just kind of... If you did that and was trying to kick a player in the shin or something, still stupid. I get it. He literally thrust his blade into another he, man's chest. He went studs up. Uh, yeah, he went, he went over the ball, Will. He went, yeah, he went over the ball, studs up. How is, how is this non-automatic... A, non-automatic 10-game suspension? Right, not only not only for doing that, but a player who's been suspended six or seven times already. How is this not an automatic ten gamer? Look, if it's me, if it's me, because you know I like about stuff like this, he's getting at least twenty. Because you are a you fucking idiot. Need something to make you understand, because you are clearly fucking dumb and stupid to thrust your blade into another man's chest the the real kicker because, with sorry to cut you off but the real no, kicker with this Cassian kick <laughs> no pun intended even saying these words is not two three weeks ago he was suspended for reacting in anger for not being able to control his emotions on the ice and assaulting Mac Chuck. And now he's reacted in anger and escalated it where he's taken his fucking skate and thrust it into an opponent's belly. Like, it's not even just the fact that he's been suspended recently. It's for the same lack of control of his inhibitions in... Not even, well, I mean, the Kachuk thing was relatively heated, but this is nothing. What, he's just been tangled up at the board, so he thinks he needs to kick a player. At what point does this end up with Sarkassian murdering somebody? They're just, they're, they're fucking useless. Absolutely fucking useless. And you know what? And I try not to let things that don't affect me affect me, but the Department of Player Safety just drive me fucking mad. And I get it, there's worse things in the world. I understand, okay? But some things just push my buttons. And for some reason, George Paros and his Department of Player Safety absolutely push my buttons. Who who because... could have seen the CEO of the Violent Gentleman <laughs> Hockey Club company 
taking a lead know, yeah. on some violence in hockey. Who who could have ever seen that happen? I know it's all this buts and maybes, okay? I get it. But all it takes is for Eric Chernak to slip a little bit or to put his head forward. And fucking Cassian's blade is in his neck. Yep. I just... I, I just I just don't get it. I don't... I don't get it. I don't get it. Do they know Charles Crosscheck? I love Big C. He's the, he's the captain of my team. I, he's, the, he's the guy who lifted a Stanley Cup for my team. I, I love him to death. But, like I've said, being in this position and doing this show, it's made me way more impartial about things like this. And to, to only get a fine for thrusting your stick into another man's throat, just stood next to each other, like you say, not in a passenger plane, not anything. And he just gets a five grand fine. What? 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 It just, it's just, it's been said a million times. It's been said a million times. The Department of Player Safety do not care about player safety in any way. No, it's not. They're not preventative. They're reactionary. And even when they're reactionary, it's like, well, nobody died. And then, then it's, the, it's the, I'm sorry, the fucking, the Jamie Benn hit on OEL last oh, night. Mate, Jesus fucking Christ. Fucking hell. Jesus fucking Christ. There was somebody earlier in the season who got drilled, or it might have been late last season, who got drilled head first into the ball. Was it the Kerfer on... Oh, it might have been, yeah. Was it Ian Cole? I want to say it was a... It was a no, no, it was a... It was on the, it was a on different the avalanche, one. though, wasn't it? Or are you thinking of something else? I, I might be thinking of something else. No, the one you're thinking of was Alex Kerfoot, yeah. Where they're, where they're both where skating they're, toward... Yeah, like, the, it's like behind a, the goal, yeah, essentially. Like kind of thing. But th- this is the problem, yes. Dan, where we don't know which other <laughs> one it was. <laughs> There's so many fucking bad hits in the NHL that the Department of Players safety to do fuck all about that we can't even remember which of the bad ones it was. Was it this really bad one that was <laughs> but, just like this? No. Was it that one? Oh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> Fucking Jamie Benn absolutely killed OEL last night, head first, into the fucking glass. And just... And it's not even a fine. Just, not even a fine. Not even a fine. Not even a fine. The, the thing that's and, a bit annoying about the Jamie Benn thing, sorry to cut you off yet again. Go on. The replay that's doing the rounds on Twitter, at least, it's not showing enough to really highlight how bad a play it was. So the only replay I saw was like the slow motion zoomed in angle where you just see the hit itself. But the play the play was a fifty fifty puck to an extent. But Ben has ample time. He looks over, he sees OEL coming in for it as well. And the thing that really disappoints me about it and, and is really bad for looking at the play. There was a chance that this could have just been unavoidable contact. Like, Jamie Ben plows into yeah, completely. and this sort of happens. Fair enough. But that's blatantly not what happens. He goes for not only the hit, but he extends his arms out uh, after the fact to follow through on the hit. It's just horrendous. Ben, I don't think Ben is that kind of player, as we saw the other week when he elected to not end Jake Muzzin's life by taking his head off his shoulders behind the net, but... That's still the sort of thing, you know, reputation or not. The Department of Player Safety need to be nipping in the bud and saying, no, we do not ever want to see this on our ice ever again. Because fucking hell. I'm afraid it could be in a fucking wheelchair today. 
Dude, whatever whatever it was, we said this about... I remember you saying that exact sentence about a month ago. And I've said it before. It's baffling. And we keep having these conversations. And I don't understand what they do. And every time there's a ruling from the Department of Player Safety, somebody goes on Twitter and just puts the, the, the gif of somebody spinning a wheel. Because that's what it is. Yeah. They just spin the wheel and go, blah, 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 blah. oh, two games to this one. Okay, cool. I have no idea what they do. They're fucking useless. Absolutely useless. And then Evander Kane gets Evander Kane gets three games for his elbow on uh, was it Neil Pionk I think Neil Pionk good roll back for Evander brings it out from behind the goal line quickly out to Dylan he'll set missed shot and then Marlow with the backhand denied by Hellebuck and a penalty coming up to Kane and now Shifley going after Kane Pionk slow to get up in the corner after that hit by Evander. Undisciplined penalty. Is Kane, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to go in straight lines. You're trying to be physical. Just keep your elbows down. That's a really good hit. But he brings his elbow up. To the night. And then thank God. Yes, I, that to me is a suspension. Yeah. He let his arms out. His elbow was up. Yeah, that's a, fine. That, that's, that, I that's the elbow that's a sp- elbow suspension. never elbowed. Yeah. But then Evander Kane has a point. He comes, I've got his quote here. I'm going to read it. And he, he says, the fact the NHL Department of Play Safety, headed by George Paros, continue to pick and choose who and what they suspend is ridiculous. There have been countless incidents of, this, of the same nature through this season and past seasons that have gone unsuspended or fined. No one person can tell you what is or isn't a suspension in today's game. It's become a complete guess. There is a major lack of consistency with NHL Department of Play Safety, a completely flawed system in so many ways, from the suspensions to appeal rights. It's baffling to me how we as players agreed to this. You can't continue to give some players a pass and throw the book at others. There has to be an outside third party making these decisions to remove the bias that transpires in this department headed by George Paros. None of it makes any sense. He is absolutely right. So with the with the Kane comments, like yes, what he says is absolutely right. But it does reek a bit of. Oh no! It does reek a bit of. Oh, I shouldn't have been suspended when he one hundred percent should have been suspended. Who was the who was the player a few weeks ago for the was it the Canucks and we and somebody got elbowed. Oh, who was that? Again, I can't remember. Shit! It was a couple of weeks ago. I want to <coughs> find it. Matthew Perot. Oh yeah. Got- where he where he says um, Jake Vertanen, yeah, Jake Vertanen, Matthew Perot got elbowed by Jake Vertanen, and it was absolutely blatant. It was absolutely blatant. And, was and then Matthew Perot said, "Didn't he in the scrum like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah player safety, my ass. This is literally an elbow to the face of a guy who didn't have the puck. I'm gonna fucking cut him he, when I see him. Yeah, <laughs> and was, that was one of those we talked about on the show, and just nothing for that. And yet, and to be fair, if I'm a Van der Kane and I've seen that, and then I get suspended, I'd be furious. Even though Van der Kane should have been suspended, I, I complete, I completely agree he should have been suspended. But why wasn't Jake Batana suspended? Just fucking just, just nothing. Just doesn't make any sense until somebody gets devastatingly hurt. Nothing is going to change. There was insufficient evidence to, to prove the. <laughs> That this man should have gone to jail for murder. So why am I not allowed to murder people in in broad daylight? <laughs> yeah, God Almighty, they drive it's, me mad. Just, they drive me so mad. What what else can we do about it? Like, obviously, we can't do anything about it. But what else can you say about it? You know what I mean? Like, 
is go back I, and I don't know. pick any random episode that we've ever done, let alone anyone else has been more long-standing than we have. And chances are you'll find at least a 20-minute discussion about the, the inefficiency of player safety, the inconsistency of player safety, the, the absolute ineffectiveness of player safety. Pick any word that has a prefix of in and it fucking describes the Department of Player Safety. <laughs> so true. So true. It's just like... Oh, fucking Zach Cassian, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, you fucking idiot? I, I know I've said words to this effect before, but like, no one's going to give oh. a fuck if Zach Cassian plays another NHL game at all. Like, no. In in no. some ways, like I understand the idea of, oh, you, you wouldn't want to suspend... <laughs> Conor McDavid if he shot somebody in the face because he's, he's a star <laughs> but like Zach Cassian could never play another game and give it two years and people would have forgotten who he is completely you know what's unbelievable is every time there's something weird that happens in a game fucking Frege or LeBron or whoever will go to the NHL or the fucking NHL law team whatever they're called and say what's the ruling on this goal why is it not a goal and they'll come back with Oh, well, paragraph seven, subsection three, uh, 0.2.0 says, blah, 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 blah. But there's none of that for, just by the way, what happens if a guy does kick a guy in the throat with his, with his, with his, uh, with his blade? Is there a rule for that? And it's just like, ah, who knows, mate? We can't make the rules up like that. Who knows? Whatever happens, happens in that kind of situation. May I refer you to the code, Mr. Friedman? I know. There's fucking there's rules for every type of goal, and, and but not for something like well, what happens if a guy kicks a guy in the face with his with his fucking blade? I just <laughs> just this fucking league this week. This league this week has drove me insane. It's drove me mad. The league cares more about Gabriel Landeskog being offside when he's in process of coming off the ice than they do about <laughs> yeah. Is that Cassian trying to fucking? <laughs> perform an open heart surgery on Eric Cernak. I know. Just madness. Yeah. All right. Cool. What, <coughs> what, a great, what a great sport we're all addicted to. Oh, God, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. I wish I wasn't. I so wish I wasn't sometimes. Well, I wish we followed a I more need to functional just take... sport like the Premier League or the NFL. That'd be much better, wouldn't it? Never, never any problems oh, in those ne- Never mind. No, never mind. Forget that. Forget that. <laughs> Maybe I just do. Maybe I should just do what the best friend of the show Meredith says, and just just fuck off NHL. Just watch all the hockey instead. Just forget it. Scandinavian women's leagues. <sighs> yeah. All right. Speaking of things getting hot under the collar, man versus eight year old Will. Hey Will, you schmuck! You're gonna get roasted by an eight year old, you fool. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we have missed a massive <laughs> news here. Well, but you know you were only eight. You know you're only eight points behind. Okay, yeah, go on. You were only eight points behind. Well, it's back to ten. But don't worry about it, right? It's not... Don't worry. Because this week, Georgia got four right, and you only got two right. But that's not... Or was that, or was it five? No, she didn't get perfect. Yeah, you got. it was four and two. That doesn't, don't worry about that. I, still, we're still a quarter of the season left. Is that, is that allowed? I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I do sometimes. It's fine. <laughs> I can't say that. That's the worst thing I've ever said. <laughs> My daughter's the fucking best. I love her to the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, but you can have a few minutes when they're awful, though. You, you... Oh, I will literally, I will, 
And again, this is might this might get me a phone call from some kind of team that maybe you work in at the moment. Oh, but I will sometimes say to my people. I was gonna say, I will sometimes say to my daughter, Georgia, can you stop being a dick, please? You're doing my head in. Wrong with that? Because <laughs> it's just sometimes where she drives me mad because she's my kid. That's what she's gonna do, and it's me as well. So she knows how to push my buttons because that's the kind of thing I do to people. But yeah, it's, it's totally fine if you hate my kid, Will. I'm not going to hold that against you. That's good. It's yeah, just another thing to, to bond over, really. Yeah. All right, this week's games. Uh, let's start with a good one tonight. Leafs Penguins. Oh, fucking hell. Already. <laughs> Straight out of the gate. Because <laughs> I know what you're thinking as well. Because you're thinking what I'm thinking. <laughs> you're thinking. I mean, yeah, the Penguins have battered them. every like The last two times they've played, the Penguins have mullered them. So the Penguins are going to win. But this is hockey. But the Leafs have so to win. The Leafs will probably win. win. But if I pick the Leafs and the Penguins win, I'm going to be thinking, why the fuck did I pick the Leafs? <laughs> <sighs> Leafs. Okay, Oilers Wild. <laughs> oh, you're such a bastard. <laughs> wild. Wild, fuck it, whatever. I've got nothing to lose now. Capitals Canadians. Canadians. Stars Blues. Oh, I can't stars. Come on, top of the central. Here we go. Good lad. Let's go. Here Good go. lad. Oh, boys. And then, and then ducks of golden knights. Uh, a ducks. Why not? Whatever. Why not? All right. There we go. Fantastic. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Will, any last words? I'm just going to point out that we didn't talk about the Biz Nasty versus Dan Carcero thing this week. Um, and I'm kind you know of glad what? we did. Oh, yes, yes. That's the kind of thing I'm just going to step back. You know, if you're like, it's like if, if two of your friends are fighting, you just go, all right, boys, I'm just going to let you two sort this out and I'm not going to do anything. I'm just, I'm just going to step back and let you two guys figure it but, out, okay? But it's two, it's I'm, two yeah. people who while you you like what they're doing in in some ways you know that be careful yeah. be careful <laughs> one one of them is currently definitely a bit of a dick and one of them has historically been an extreme dick yeah <laughs> uh, <it's, laughs> uh, all i will say is is jeremy roderick is an absolute embarrassment <laughs> To both oh well, that yeah, himself, his that family, we can all uh, the league, uh, his former employer, anyone who's associated to Jeremy Roenick, I'm terribly sorry that you are associated with Jeremy Roenick. There we go. That's something we can actually at least agree on, and a good way to end the show on a on a on a on a message that brings us all together. Absolutely, a pretty cut and dry Christmas message. There we go. Take care, folks. We'll talk to you later. Peace.